Hello, I'm Dirk Danger, and today we're going to be looking at the native Egyptian eagle right here in our own city of Cairo. Now, I spotted a peculiar, funny looking one earlier that I thought we'd uh, focus on for today. Now, as you can see, it flies out of this weird, like, mansion esque building. I don't know if it's a pet or not, and it's got a hat. Hey, get, hey, hey, hey zoom in on that. The bird's got a hat. A hat? Where? The bird's that? got a hat. Look at it. Bird's got a crikey. Marvelous, marvelous. Some would say almost odd. Uh, is, that a, is that a scarf? The thing got a scarf too. I think. I think so. It's got a scarf. I'm not. I'm on the. I can see it on the zoom lens. Yeah, it's got a hat and a scarf. A scarf. All right, follow it. Come on, Jeeves. <laughs> it moves pretty fast. I, I mean, then again, it is a bird. It's it's coming right. It's coming right out. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, is it starting to get cold in here, or is it just me? <laughs> oh, crikey! I got all that on tape. Uh, uh, how bizarre! <coughs> and I don't, don't talk while you're dying. That's no dignity. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to No Dignity, starring uh, me, uh, one of your hosts, uh, Alex Vargas, and... And me, Chris Ng. Okay, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about one of the big anomalies in a universe that has magic punchy alien ghosts, and that is Animal Stands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Animal Stands. I am pumped. <laughs> uh, not as pumped as those two dogs that Pet Shop met. Oh, because they were literally pumped with ice. Okay. General spoilers. That's true. Ugh. Hey, before we start, though, uh, you know, I was listening to last week's episode, mm -hmm. and uh, I mentioned in passing. I wonder if uh, Araki is is hard to dip, uh, to get along with if uh, he's like Rohan. Yeah. And do you do you know what I saw like two days after we re recorded that? What was that? Somebody posted a picture of um, the editor's notes for one of the Steel Ball Run collections. <laughs> and Araki himself said, I've just learned recently that people are afraid to talk to me because they're afraid I'm going to be like my character, Rohan Kishibe. <laughs> and he said, I don't want people to feel like that. I'm an easygoing guy. Like, I guess I need to work on being more open. And then I felt terribly bad. Aww. So I just want to apologize, Araki. I I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm We're sorry, Mr. Manga God. We didn't mean it. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I just, although you did say in that same sentence that you're the kind of guy who, uh, if you drip ink into the tea, you're just going to drink the tea anyway. That sounds kind of like Rohan to me. I'm just saying. He's got to make sure that craft is part of him. All right. You think I haven't swallowed film reel every once in a while just to get a real sense of it? All right. I have like three copies of The Shining in my stomach. <laughs> okay so um you know what else has something in the stomach is a pet shop with all those dogs so um yeah which is the first i guess it's iggy's the first animal of a stand nope right? it's forever oh the orangutan oh. unless you count oh i forgot we were i forgot we were gonna have to talk about him <laughs> finally <laughs> i don't want to talk about rape ape <laughs> rape ape is an important part of the story i'll have you know it's important to the theme. Is it? Okay. Do you defend your position. Go. Okay, so Rape Ape. All right? 
we're talking, they're stranded out in the middle of the water, right? Our characters are literally stranded, nowhere to go. And what what happens to them? Giant boat. Savior. Salvation. Even when they think that they're safe, they really aren't. Sure, you know, they already had this ship captain that was, uh, turned out to be a stand user. <laughs> but this is a, this is a uh, orangutan stand user that teams up with other people to try and take down Jodro. They had a backup plan. That ape is smart. It thinks, right? Not only... Yeah, I mean, so, like, it's clear that he has above-average ape intelligence because he can read. Mm -hmm. And he smokes a pipe. Yeah, I think that's something that they actually do, though. But he has a Rubik's Cube, too. That's true. The, the telltale sign of intelligence in the 80s. Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I, I can't even solve, like, two sides of that thing, all right? And this ape has one, and he fiddles with it, like, you know, consistently. This ape is, like, giving me a run for my money. I don't have as much strategic ability as this ape. So forever is his stand is strength. Mm -hmm. The first of uh, the stands to not have a color. Am I correct? Uh, that is true. It is just strength. Yeah. Which I found interesting because that only happens one other time, right? Which is wheel of fortune. Yes. Well, and hanged man. Oh yeah. And emperor and, Oh yeah, the emperor doesn't have or or empress. Yeah, what happened to the empress colors? and high priestess? And that's. I mean, I kind of get the ones where um, it's already two words because it's like oh, plot, like star, like that's kind of a weird name for a stand by itself. So adding the platinum really kind of gives it some meatiness. So we shouldn't have magenta oh. high empress. I mean, magenta high priestess. Yeah, Magenta High Priestess is like, that's kind of a mouthful. So it's already got two names, Hangman, High Priestess, that that works. I guess the Emperor is the Emperor. Mm-hmm. But, ah, uh, this is a tangent, but what, what color should have should Emperor have been? Emperor? Ooh, I was thinking, like, Amarillo. That's, uh, that's Spanish for yellow, for all you uh, less uh, Hispanically inclined. Yeah, that's pretty good. And if it's the cowboy theme. Yes. Are you kidding me? If I heard if I heard that like Japanese man try to say Amarillo as well as like Emperor in the same sentence, I think I, I think would have died. <laughs> um, I I definitely think that Forever's should have been like Steel Strength or something like that, considering it created a boat. Yeah, see, there you go. Steel Strength would have been a great one. Um, so I guess the question is, what is his standability? Is it making boats or is it like amplifying things? Well, as we saw after they defeated uh, Forever, the boat he had was actually just a little dinghy. Right. So I guess my idea was that uh, it was kind of like a Wheel of Fortune where he kind of builds off of like a boat. Like it already needs mm. to be there, but he just kind of makes it a better boat that he <laughs> that he can control maybe. <laughs> Right, so it's like, that's what makes me kind of think, like, the strength, uh, the stand is called strength, so it's like, is it able to make things stronger than they were? So, boat into stronger boat? Could he have made plane into stronger plane? But then that's basically just Wheel of Fortune, but with a monkey. But Wheel of Fortune only worked on car, right? I mean, yeah, or it not. only worked on his car, but we didn't see if he could use it on anything else. That's true. They, they have? So anyway, it's it's two, one of the few vehicle-based stands. I guess we're just going to assume it's boat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's got his own little captain costume and everything. That's true. He's a sailor. He's a highly decorated sailor. Yeah, so he is a cap he is captain forever. We should we should give him proper yeah. respect. Um, <laughs> so 
So, I mean, what, I mean, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like this thing is modified? Do you think like, what, what's, where's the backstory okay. in your head? Okay. So my idea was that Egyptian zoo, um, you know, strength uh, forever breaks out of the exhibit, right? Crosses paths with Enya, with Enya and she's like, eh, it's a big old, it's a big old, uh, it's a big old ape. And she gets all, uh, she gets either kind of scared by it. Or, like, uh, Jay Guile maybe messes with it or something like that. And then Dio comes by. He's like, hold on, guys. I have an idea. The <laughs> Forever was probably on display doing, like, a Rubik's Cube or something like that. He's like, well, it's already got, like, mild intelligence. Let's stick mm, an arrow in it. Yeah. So, for me, the thing that I, I started to wonder initially was, and the thing that we, we always forget is, remember, Dio made a cat with a human face? <laughs> yes back in part one um and this this felt experimental to me and i mean like orangutans and and all sorts of apes and primates have a very long history of being experimental animals in fiction and in real life (laughs) so it felt to me like oh here's some sort of super serumed orangutan um which somehow developed a stand due to experimentation because remember at this point we don't know about stand arrows. That's we don't know. That's a thing. True. So, we're, we're led to believe that it just kind of had this ability for like who knows how right. long. And so it was like it, as a result of it gaining human-like intelligence and human-like libido, um, it like generated a stand. Or the other thing I thought of was like, is this like person in orangutan body? Ooh. So what? It was a person who turned into a orang- an orangutan and got their stand, like a weird side effect, or or is it like like again? Is this something Dio tried? Like oh, we'll try to put a brain, a human brain into because that make the whole and that make the whole and thing a whole lot more creepy for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. For all you who are wondering, uh, the heck are you talking about? Why are you calling him rape babe? It tried to sexually assault a uh, a, a young girl. Like eleven. She was like <laughs> she was. Something like that. Apparently not too young for Jotaro to not be able to tell after he cops a feel. Yeah. That was also uh, a little questionable. Well, he was trying to save her life. I mean, I mean, sure, but he didn't have to linger on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, Jotaro, like, it was, pay attention. It was, it was 1989. It was, it's Japan, you know. It's got... Different- True. It's, you know, he, it's, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up as a mistake. I don't think... I don't see uh, Jotaro as being very. Uh, um, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's creepy or nothing like that. I'm just saying like, I don't know he put a, he could have put two and two together just a little faster. Yeah, that that was a misstep. That was a misstep, Jotaro. It's okay. We're all, we're gonna we're gonna let it slide. You were young. <laughs> you were young. Uh, you you just almost died, and you were trying to save someone's life. Yeah, it's okay. We're gonna let it slide, but just be careful. Next he time, he okay? he was uh, he was oxygen deprived. Um. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess the the overall question for me is, and I guess the question everybody brings up when we talk about animal stand users is like, why does animal have stand yet Holly no have stand? (laughs) I mean, uh, I think it's just in the name. Strength, I guess. Yeah, so I think, like, for me, when when you brought up this topic, I started to think about what is is different about these animals in particular uh, that gives them this ability and, like, what can we learn from each one? So, obviously, like, strength... uh, Forever is the first animal we see with a stand, and we also seem to have the rule that they have to have above-average animal intelligence to wield that stand uh, more in the human direction. At least not until part right. four. 
Well, we'll we'll get there. So, <laughs> so then the next one is Iggy. Yes, our Boston boy Iggy. Yeah, um, who very clearly has human intelligence because we get his whole internal monologue episode. Yeah, he even gets a human face without Dio having to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um but i actually was very surprised when that happened um because up until that point it's sort of unclear it's just like "Eh, he's a dog he has a stand dog doesn't really want to be that involved because it's a dog yeah when they first showed iggy they definitely didn't play up how smart he was at first right and it's not until it's duel with pet shop that you feel like wow it's got emotions it's got tactical thinking that's because we hear him it's got like beliefs <laughs> we hear him talk that's why yeah 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 i mean he's got a whole internal monologue and so it's like oh wow okay iggy is a lot smarter than is let on <laughs> i know um but i think iggy also to me kind of shows that not all animals in the jojo verse are that smart because of the way he sort of interacts with the other two dogs yeah the other two dogs are just dogs. And he seems sort of like acting superior to them. He definitely thinks he's better than them. He's got a complex. He even had that complex back in New York. Right. Um, so, you know, intelligence, I guess, is clearly one of the, the, the mandates for a uh, animal to have stand. At least according to part three rules. Um, I... And I mean, I guess Pet Shop sort of demonstrates the same sort of level of intelligence. Yeah, definitely a whole lot more, I guess, uh, <laughs> offensive uh, intelligence, but still highly intelligent. I mean, it knows how to, like, yeah. keep its master, you know, a secret and safe and make sure no one comes around the area. Right, it's not like a trained hawk where there's, like, a, a trainer telling him what to do. It just does it. It has its mission. It completes its mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the battle with between Pet Shop and Iggy is actually one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I had a hard time watching that at points because I had a dog that was um, black and white like him, and he was like a small dog. Whenever I saw Iggy get hurt, I just couldn't help but be like, no, don't. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that made the scene uh, vanilla yeah, ice but, uh, a nightmare. It was, yeah, that, that, well, that would be really hard to watch, I can imagine. Um, but I, I just, I love that fight because it's like two elemental stand abilities. Um, you know, semi-opposite-ish, you know, desert sand and ice powers. You, you're seeing, you know, also the natural battle between dog and bird. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just really like that battle a lot. Um, I was, I was going to ask, how well do you think Iggy used his stand back in New York? Uh, I can't imagine too many deserts uh, over there in the concrete jungle. Yeah, hard to know. It's like, is his power to control dust, too, or just sand? Like, does it have to be sand of a certain chemical composition? <laughs> um, Like, in Part 8, if this were Part 8 Iggy, it probably would, right? Like, yeah. It has to be sand from... <laughs> if this were Part 8 Iggy, it'd be like, it controls certain subatomic uh, particles that can only be found in sand from these five distinct locations. That's where he must carry exactly. a crate with him everywhere. <laughs> but this is only Part 3, so... You know, is it all dust? I mean, obviously, like, the Speedwagon Foundation had to be aware of it somehow. Yeah, and that's why they had to transport him via helicopter. Uh, Those poor Speedwagon guys. <laughs> uh, I, who else was on the train that um, the Speedwagon guy was going to be the uh, stand user? Oh, you know, I thought that, too, for a second. Something about his eyes that got me. Something about his facial structure. 
uh, it screamed. Well, yeah, it, it's like, and then we spent too much time talking to him. I was like, why are we talking to you? Why are you important? <laughs> you know, you know, like if you're just a random speed wagon dude, you're supposed to drop off whatever it is you need to drop off and then vanish. <laughs> they were trying to build up um, for Geb. You know, as it turns out, it was just to make us feel bad when he died. Yeah. I'm going to admit something a little embarrassing right now. Uh, when we got to the uh, strength arc, I thought that forever was the stand at first. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to to assume because we had already seen Tower of Grey. Yeah, and that was just a, a beetle. Yeah, I mean, that bug. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I was like, wow, that is a weird ship, right? And I was like, huh, this dude's stand is just an orangutan? Like, no glow, no nothing? Doesn't even look like like a not a normal orangutan, huh? Yeah, so I think I think Araki did a good job on the fake out with that. I um, definitely. I mean, it does come out of nowhere. You're like, wait, what? Um, yeah, no, I strength definitely surprised me, and I think it's one of my uh, I think it's one of my favorite, I guess, twists in the whole series. The fact that this orangutan is a stand user and it's pretty competent too, right? so then you know i guess the other question i have is um it's sort of um mentioned a couple of times that your stand is like a result of your soul yes um and clearly by by jojo rules uh iggy has a soul because it appeared when he died in the yellow clouds right (laughs) that's the real way you tell someone has a soul in jojo right it's like (laughs) confirmed dead you see them in the sky Mm -hmm. um so I mean, Iggy had a soul. Yeah. Does that mean all of the stand animals have a soul? I assume so. If Polnareff was able to swap with Coco Jumbo in part five. Right. And that's kind of what I was wondering about, too. I mean, if we're talking about, like, the soul manifestation in these stands, I can see how, uh, I can see how Iggy's the fool would really work for him, right? Iggy's like this slum dog that came from, uh, you know, he was a, he's mixed um, he comes from like the streets and everything, and what is his stand? It builds up from everything around him, right? It literally comes from the dirt, and it rises to be this mm. powerful, you know, figure. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strength? I don't know. Probably in a cage once. Now he makes the cage. Well, he he voluntarily sleeps in a cage. He does. He does. Which is interesting. Now that I think about so it, so I ass- it's like, oh, I'm just comfortable, more comfortable in the cage. <laughs> I assume that it was domesticated. And it was like a like a zoo animal or like a circus animal, right? Right, or a lab animal, or lab animal, right? or lab animal. Yeah, I'll I'll try to accept that possibility. <laughs> and then I guess, um, yeah. Well, I mean, then the boat would kind of make sense for his stand because, like, oh, now I have freedom to go wherever I want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know that that stand would be pretty cool. Just having a giant boat, like whenever. Granted, yeah, you'd probably want to use it on water, but still. That would be weird to stand about. Must I'm in my boat real quick. Boom. In the middle of the <laughs> desert, this giant boat. It would just be uh, the super fly battle. It's just with a boat instead of a tower. <laughs> um, let's get to the uh, let's get to the animal that could have defeated Jotaro. Okay. All right. We're gonna talk about this again. Yay! Bug eaten and not bug eaten. The two rats with stands. Yes, and their stands name is Rat with two T's. So, okay, the implication here is they got shot with the arrow, the arrow gave them a stand, right? Yes. So, I guess the questions show up, which are, for me, does the does the arrow thus grant 
the intelligence and the soul? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. As we've seen before um, with the um, lab worker who got a stand, like the first guy who got a stand when they were investigating the, the meteorite, right. um, that dude couldn't survive his stand, right? He died. Right. Um, but go ahead. Well, well, and see, okay, I'm I'm jumping ahead because I have like a grand theory here. Okay, but um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it out. Maybe we can kind of go through this. Uh, so Foo Fighters is like the most interesting stand of all the animal stands, right? Yes, because it is essentially a stand that the character is the stand. <laughs> it's the first time we have that, right? Yeah, stand is just the character. Yeah, and the plankton that it that, that Foo Fighter is, inhabits is just like a vessel, God. just a container for the stand to exist. Yeah, in. I I kind of took it as Foo Fighters was like the combined stand of all those plankton like together. Well, it's see, and what's tricky about it is that Foo Fighters doesn't get its stand from the arrow; it gets its stand through White Snake's ability. Right? Yeah. So this kind of puts a tweak in my theory a little bit, but we go. You know, as the parts progress, the the method and explanation for stands have changed, right? So part three, they just happen. Uh, part four, <laughs> oh, because of Arrow. Part five, because Arrow contains virus, right? Yeah. Also, Arrow so, is alien. Yeah. So to me, what I'm kind of wondering is the virus that exists on the Arrow, um, is it, you know, it's, own, it's its own life form. Yes. So does that mean it can manifest its own personality and ability and soul on the animals because the animals are an empty container? I think that the animals already have a soul when they get hit with the arrow. But when they get hit with the arrow, it's more like, okay, now it's time to test it, right? Do you have some kind of fighting spirit for me to latch onto and manifest with? Maybe, but we don't have any evidence of the arrow being shot at animals and then those animals died. We only have two instances of the animal getting shot with the arrow and then it just had stand, right? I'm wondering if um I'm wondering if stray cat counts. Cuz stray cat did die and they didn't get their stand until after death. But stray cat in some ways kind of proves my theory because Stray Cat is essentially alive and its own stand, right? Like, it's a stand and a life form, similar to Foo Fighters. Yes. So it's like, okay, the, the virus can inhabit the living forms of animals at any time because the animal doesn't have a soul. I guess. But uh, Coco Jumbo is going to argue with that. Oh, yeah, that does kind of put a crimp on it, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Coco Jumbo inherited Polnareff's body. Sure didn't know what to do, and it was just dead by the time it got there, but... Oh, poor turtle. <laughs> Coco Jumbo <laughs> didn't deserve any of this. Coco Jumbo was just chill. Like, Coco Jumbo, you know, useful for its stand ability, but other than that, it mostly just kind of sat around being a turtle, so... It's the first stand with cable. It's the only stand with cable built in. And and Wi-Fi. <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> Before Wi-Fi existed. How does alien how does an alien ghost know how to get Wi-Fi and cable? I mean, maybe it was like pre a, a prototype of Paisley Park. <laughs> Are you suggesting Yusaho is the reincarnated soul of uh, Coco Jumbo? Of Coco Jumbo? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Crack theory of the day. Uh part eight. Yusaho is Coco Jumbo. Boom, confirmed. That's it. Everyone's looking for their Print links. It. That's it. We we found it, guys. 
<laughs> um, but now, uh, yeah, I, I think that the soul is already there and it's already just the arrow just kind of like, you know, has whatever's in it or whatever's on it. And it's like, okay, let's see. Do we have something to manifest with, right? Like, do you have something for us mm-hmm. to manifest into? Because I think it does go into the mind and it's like, all right, what mm-hmm. do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, I know Holly didn't get her stand through the arrow, but I saw with her is like, from what we understand, Holly led a pretty easy life up to start as Crusaders. Um, you know, she was raised rich. Uh, her parents really loved her. Uh, she had a family and she really didn't have to fight for anything. Um, but she quite definitely has a soul. So when it was time for her to get her stand, it was like, well, there's nothing to latch on to here. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, I don't know, maybe the excess power or something was just, like, overcharging the battery, if you get what I mean. Right. Well, okay, so, like, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. I know I kind of jumped ahead with my, my grand theory. So we go back to, to bug-eating and rat, and it's super sniper ability. Um, you know, her, her, outsmarted Jotaro. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think what, what people aren't really understanding when they talk about that scene is, like, Jotaro can always stop time for a second at that point right like two seconds yeah like one to two seconds and so he's only like positioning himself as a dodge but it's not really that much better than if you just try to dodge without time stop right yeah um it's just all he does is uses it to guarantee that he was gonna miss and so the whole bank shot thing isn't that oh bug eaton figured out the time stop powers. It's just like no, he was gonna bank the shot anyway in case <laughs> in case he did know, miss. He was gonna jump. <laughs> so you're saying a rat didn't outsmart Kakuin? No, I don't think so at all. I think the rat was just shooting and using trick shots because, you know, this guy seems to be good at dodging. So let me let me bank it to see if I can catch him off guard, which it did. Mm-hmm. Um, we already saw Jotaro have the ability to. Use Star Platinum to hit the bullets. Yeah, yeah. He, of course, he was kind of hindering himself there to teach Josuke a lesson. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's clearly what's going on. But that's still a really smart rat. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it, it makes gelatinous cubes. Can you think of? Yeah, I I try not to think about that scene too often. Can you think of another animal that makes gelatinous cubes? I think not. Well, and then it, it used their own rat trap to like fight fight him back right i think you know i was gonna i was gonna propose the idea that maybe when you get a stand your strategical intelligence is improved because you know every okay wait but i was gonna bring that up i was gonna bring that up i was gonna say i was gonna say this would work but okiyasu is the living uh antithesis to that (laughs) he has a stand like one of the most powerful stands and he has (laughs) zero he has low little to no strategical uh intelligence yeah. Or, you know, intelligence in general. But let's not be too hard on the guy. So, I mean, do we feel like Bug Eaton has a, has a soul? And if Bug Eaton has a soul, uh, then Pet Shop has a soul and Forever has a soul. And so are they evil? I I, I, I don't know if I want to propose the idea of, like, no evil animals, just evil trainers. But, like, Forever's kind of convinced. Forever and Pet Shop kind of have me convinced that they're evil. Like inherently evil. Yeah, I mean, Pet Shop enjoys the the torture. Pet Shop right? enjoys it's, the hunt. It's a little sadistic. Yeah, Pet Shop is just a cold killer, literally. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe with Bug Eaten, it's just more survival. I mean, it is a rat. I could see that. I could see that. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, rats definitely do have a fighting spirit. Uh, That's true. Yeah, considering, you know, hunting and uh, all that. You can see how it gets its stand. Right. Let me ask you something about part five okay. that has had my head scratching for a while. Okay. Bucciarati versus the boss. Yes. In Venice. Okay. He's fighting, fighting, fighting. And then at the last second, they pull off their secret trap. Giorno has created a copy of Coco Jumbo to pull him into the turtle for a few seconds. Oh, yeah. That. <sighs> Where do we start here? <laughs> Where do we start? Well, here? we can confirm that Giorno can create stands. Right? But the implication was like, oh, he used the turtle cells to create a temporary copy. Yes. So does that mean Giorno can create that souls? Your stand is like genetically linked? I think stands are genetically linked, yeah. Uh, considering that when Dio got his stand, he was connected to Jonathan's body, then everyone else in the Joe Star bloodline at that point got a stand. I think it's genetically linked. Okay, that that's a fair argument. So does that mean Giorno can create clones? I think theoretically, yes, Giorno can create clones, but I'm not sure he's that sadistic. Well, I mean, like, so if he's sad later, can he make like a new Narancia? <laughs> no one can replace Orange Boy. How dare you propose the thought? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, like, Gold Experience's power is not going to hold it forever, although maybe Gold Experience Reckless. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, the way he got out of that fake Coco Jumbo wasn't that it gave out, it's that he killed it. Right. But then here's the other part of it that confuses me. Coco Jumbo could only be used if you had the key. Yes. So does that mean he had to create a copy of the key too? But there but like at least in the anime version, there's very clearly a slot for the key, but not the key. <laughs> yeah. So that makes me think that the ability to pull you into the room is the stand and the key is just all the amenities. <laughs> Like the couch and the and the freezer and like who's out here making stand accessories? Exactly. Who has that power? Who built the tiny room? Which is that someone else in Passione that we didn't get to meet? Which Passione, like which gang member, hard hard life gang member got their stand and it was like, great, you're an interior designer now. <laughs> but bossu. But boss. No. You know you're gonna make the turtle room. You're going to okay, okay. going to make the turtle room. <laughs> Someone's job to make that turtle room, <laughs> right? So, I mean that that scene opens up so many questions about you know stands and animals and their abilities. Um, yeah, so it's like did, did did he copy Coco Jumbo's soul? Is is it just a if it's a virus? Is it like a genetically modifying virus? Something that's like literally overriding your DNA? a la Spider-Man and the Spider-Bite? <laughs> I think that Stan does indeed overwrite your DNA in some way, shape, or form. Because, you know, Stan's can be physiological too, right? Like with Jolene Stone, uh, Stonefree, right? Mm. It turns her into string. That's true. Right? Because it's not just turn anything into string, it's just her. It's just her, right? And so I feel like if she were to turn into, a, turn into string right in front of like, her physician or something... They definitely see that and definitely be like, yeah, I know that is your body is string now. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You know, something makes me think that this stuff wasn't meant to be pondered upon. Oh, no, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't. I mean, 
here's some, I don't think we've brought this up on the show before, but Alex and I are both uh, storytellers. Like he's a filmmaker. I'm a writer. Um, and like the, the thing is like, I never at any point and I, I've written loads of novels thought to myself, like I better make sure all of the rules of this story are like super consistent and are going to be above examination. <laughs> I just do whatever I think is cool at the moment, and I'm a thousand percent that's what Iraqi does. I mean, like, sometimes I pride myself on the level of inconsistency I get, as long as it's, like, entertaining. Yeah, I mean, that's the first rule of, of all storytelling and entertainment. It's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's fake. It's not supposed to make sense. <laughs> I, had a, I had a character who was 18 murder their uh, significant other's parents, but they're both the same age. And 18 years in the past, mm-hmm. they were somehow, you know, still an adult uh, capable of murder. And, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I like, I don't think anybody ever called you out on that. No either. one ever called me out on it. That's the best part. No one was like, they either assumed they were like 36 that didn't just so happen to look 18 or they just somehow did it when they were like zero. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the power of entertainment. <laughs> um, so, go ahead. So, okay, if we take out the science and the logic here for a second, what do you think the point of, story-wise, is the point of the, uh, the the animal stands? Well, I think it's meant to show that, like, okay, people have stands, that's established, that's good, right? But let's uh. not get ahead of ourselves and think that, like, you're going to be fighting, you know, nothing but pure dudes and, like, you know, people with stands. No, we're throwing in some animals in the mix, that's right. Like, you can't even, like, watch... You, you can't even, like, take a rest around animals in that universe. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Also, okay, I do like Also, that. I think it'd make an interesting chapter premise in a weekly shonen. Yeah. No, no, that's a good point. I mean, um, we have both... Well, I have only read half. I have only read half of uh, uh, the art and theory of manga by Hirohiko Araki. Mm-hmm. Um, you read the whole thing. I read but... the whole, yeah. You know, one of the things he talked about in developing part three was making sure that the team never felt completely safe. Um, And by doing exactly what you said, like the stand user could be a baby. It could be an animal. It just makes you always on guard. You just don't know where it's coming from or what's going on. I mean, what's attacking you? Oh, it's a car. Oh, it's the sun. Oh, it's (laughs) you know. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think that really... Uh, gave it a sense of, I guess, um, I don't know how to put it, like, insecurity for me, because it was like, oh, wow, great. Now it's not just dudes to look out for. <laughs> like, it can yeah. literally be, like, animals. Like, the the bird passing by right. could be an enemy yeah. stand user. Yeah, and I, I think I really like Iggy as a character. I think Iggy um, does a good job of um, bringing a sort of, like, apathy and, like, mischief to uh, to the Crusaders. yeah. Uh, it's it's his weird friendship with <laughs> Polnareff. <laughs> He's Polnareff's dog. Yeah, basically. Um, but then part four, I think it's it was a, a convenient way to uh, you know get Jotaro to train Josuke and kill something without having to kill a person. Yeah, because what was it that that rat's like the like the one to two kills Josuke makes in the entire part? I think it's the only kill he makes. Huh. I assume we're not counting the little thing that, uh, the little, like, comic strip where he accidentally kills two people. Two? Yeah. Wait, there's what? there's a small, like, little strip. Um, I think it was, like, a filler 
for um like shonen. I don't know if they have like page fillers or something like that. But okay. they, they specifically had to say that it was not canon afterwards because there was such a rebuttal against it. Uh oh, because he killed somebody. Because he killed two people. Oh jeez. Um so these two guys are arguing, they're like, fine, whatever, our friendship is over. And then so he uses Crazy Diamond to try and fix it. But he ends up just killing these two guys and he's all like he's like, I forgot, not even Crazy Diamond can heal a broken friendship. <laughs> wow. Just uh, like not phase that he just yeah that's very clearly he joke. just killed these two guys jeez i've really enjoyed coco jumbo i mean it's a, a bizarre idea but it is kind of solving the question like how do you sneak across if somebody's chasing you in a world where you have stands that can do anything i don't know if i saw a turtle with like a, a key and like a key like holder carved into its back probably get a little suspicious i mean yeah um in this world at least it, Anything else to say about animal stands? Well, we, we didn't even talk about Stray Cat very much. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Stray God. Cat. God. All right, so Stray Cat starts off as a regular cat, dies, gets a stand. Boom. That's not a regular cat. It is a British blue. <laughs> In a Japanese, <laughs> uh, like, fishing town. It is a very, very fancy cat. Apparently. I don't know much about cats, but apparently it was like Shinobu thought it was a big deal, so <laughs> And as we and as part four went into death, Shinobu is a cat expert. Right. <laughs> that was that was her defining um, character trait beyond uh screwing a serial killer. She never did it. She just wanted to. <laughs> she just tried. I mean I like Stray Cat. I think it's it's really interesting. Um I think the narration it's it's interesting because I just watched this yesterday. Mm-hmm. The narration of of Stray Cat understanding itself after it gets transformed is is fascinating because it just like by instinct it knew how to control all of its abilities. Yes, and it states that clearly. Like it's creating vacuum air bubbles, which is a very complicated scientific process. <laughs> and essentially, I guess its stand ability is controlling wind, right? Or controlling it, air. It, at the very least, it can make air bubbles. Right, but I think what was sort of implied in the narration was like it can control air and instinctively it knew how to use that ability to create these powerful vacuum bubbles. Yeah, as like a, a method of self, uh, self-defense. Right. So I guess is that just the stand blending into the animal's natural instinct? I think so. I think these animals have a better grasp on their stands than some of the people because they don't try to overthink them. Mm. Right? Because... You know, for an animal, it's just another, you know, survival tactic, right? It's like, cool, I can do a thing. Let me do the thing as much as I need to to live. Right. Act without... Yeah, I mean, like, Iggy throws up the fool after being baseball pitched at... Uh, <laughs> at Geb. In Duel, uh, yeah. right? So it's like... <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's kind of like... It reminds me of the, the discussion that comes up a lot with Kakyoin and how, like, why didn't Kakyoin possess anybody after you know, the first episode and this whole thing of like, well, maybe Kakuin was struggling of whether he should possess people or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but an animal has no compunction about that. It's just like, no, I need to live. So I'm going to use There is it. no moral compass. It's live or don't live. Right. Which makes, I mean, it's hard to not say that forever isn't evil. <laughs> we don't know if it had a flesh blood. We don't know if it had a flesh bud. Or it was just one of Dio's loyal followers, because of course it is. Right. They never bothered to look under his little hat. Right. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> um, although I don't think 
I don't think Jotaro had any interest in saving a. I mean, <laughs> saving a creature but, like but that. But they could have gotten to Egypt so much faster. Oh, that's true. If this were part four, they'd have a boat. Yeah, and for part four, they have a boat. God. <laughs> Joseph Joseph coming to Moria with, with <laughs> an orangutan captain. Yeah. Just standing on the deck being like, here we go. <laughs> I, I imagine Josuke walking up into that scene and he's he's thinking to himself like there's so much that I've yet to understand. No, it wouldn't even be Josuke, because it's not Josuke who goes on the boat, it's Okuyasu. <laughs> Okuyasuk showing up on the boat being like, oh. I think the best part is that he just accepted it immediately. That's true. <laughs> he accepted it immediately. <laughs> Let's also talk about how Okuyasu tamed a stray cat. I did like that. It's very cute at the end. Yeah. He's hanging out at Tonio's with his <laughs> gross, deformed dad and his pet <laughs> plant cat. His pet plant. <laughs> Okiyasu would have a pet plant. It's kind of interesting, though, because it, it almost seems like in that scene, after he uses the hand to pull Stray Cat out, Stray Cat's just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, so is is there an aspect of Stray Cat that's just like, it's going to take on the temperament of whoever's like in control of it? I mean, it didn't do anything against Hayato. Um, I'm thinking that... It did. It did, though. It did? When? Uh, what 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 exactly did you do against Hi- I do against Hayato because I know him trying to use Stray Cat was a was a whole you know little uh, escapade. Oh, that's true. But remember when he goes up in the attic the first time? Yeah, yeah. I and he tries to shoot it, shoot him. <laughs> I mean, that was their first encounter. That's true, right? And I think Stray Cat was tired of being inside a different stand. Also, how does that work when Killer Queen isn't summoned? Oh. Oh, I didn't think about that. I always just think about the fact that you just, that the Hayato's perspective, he just sees a, a cat floating around. He just sees the, no, he doesn't even see the cat. He sees a plant. Yeah, he sees the cat plant just floating in midair. He sees the plant floating in midair and then bubbles come out of it. And he's like screaming yeah. for his life. Um. So does this mean Killer Queen has slight temporal abilities? Right, maybe. And then like, why does Stray Cat seem to be, like, so willing to just sit there and, like, do whatever Kira wants it to do? Yeah. Also, is Sheer Heart Attack Killer Queen's pet? It does kind of look like a turtle. <gasps> maybe. Just maybe. Or is it just because Stray Cat followed because it was like, oh, we got a cat theme going on here. I gotta <laughs> hang out with my cat Gotta crew. hang out with these other cool cats. Yeah. Oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, hey, you know, he's got a cat tie. This stand looks like a cat man. I'm I'm cool here. I'm comfortable here. Within this bigger cat's abdomen. <laughs> cat captain? No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> hey, do you know that uh uh Sheer Heart Attack is the only stand, at least in the anime, to uh have not been defeated after a stand rush? Oh. Hmm. Like while the main while the uh while, like, the character's theme is playing, you know, because uh, Jodoro had his part three theme playing when he was trying to stand rush it with Star Platinum, and that didn't do anything. Yeah, huh. It really does, like, basically indestructible. Thus for Kira, proud pet owner, two pets, both stands, one of them being indestructible, he's got to be so proud. <laughs> Any other uh, Jojo animals you can bring up? Any other uh, ones you got in mind? We didn't really talk about Foo Fighters very much. Well, I can't because I haven't gotten that far yet. I've just gotten into the Marilyn Manson arc. 
um, in part six. So I don't really know what happens to Foo Fighters after she just wanders around going, ha ha ha, look at these fun things we can do as humans. <laughs> um, at least you can say that as a definite part of her character, she is the thirstiest character in the series. Oh, there, you, there it is. There's the pun. There's the pun. So I do want to introduce um, a, a new segment to the show. Mm-hmm. And this, this came about from a conversation we had, I think it was yesterday. Yes. Uh, it's called Crack Fit Corner, <laughs> where we come up with ridiculous fan fiction-like ideas to explain things that do not need to be explained. <laughs> um, and it came about from the first, the original, the most noble of all JoJo pets, Danny. Uh, Danny. So the first thing we thought of was like, what if Danny had a stand? <laughs> we came up with names like Inferno, um, uh, Hot in Here, <laughs> the famous Usher song. Um, uh, yeah, so that led us to, to wondering, could it possibly be that Danny, who is a black and white dog, um, somehow survived the incinerator incident from Dio using his rapidly acquired stand <laughs> that comes up in the need for survival. And then what if that stand could show Danny the future and how to protect Jonathan or more specifically uh, Jonathan's descendants? And it turns out that Iggy is the descendant of Danny. Yeah, this is a uh, you see why we have the name uh, crackpot going on. Yeah, it's why it's the crack thick corner. Um, <laughs> I mean, they are both black and white dogs. They both uh, um, have ties to the Joe Stars. Uh, jo- Joseph went to America. Iggy was found in America. Mm. Um, but also, how did Danny get to America? I don't think Danny did. It would have had to been Danny's grandson, just like Joseph did. <laughs> both their names end in Y. I don't. Mm, I don't oh, that's true. Um, I mean, I guess it would, if, uh, if we're going to refer to our prior episode as of this recording, the, uh, stand ghost theory, then, uh, reuniting Jonathan with, I guess, a version of his dog would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Danny is the fool. There it is. <laughs> stand ghost confirmed. Stand ghost confirmed. Danny's the fool. I mean, Danny is, uh, oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. So, okay. um, the fool has legs yes. that are wheels. <laughs> which is a common medical procedure for dogs who get their legs injured. Yes. Danny's legs were probably pretty injured in that fire. Hmm. Fire is hot. The desert is hot. Yes. Huh? huh? Yes. And thus for Danny faked his own death. <laughs> well, now I got to look it up. I mean, the fool. Um, I forget. I can't just put the fool. In the <laughs> I have to actually say stand. It is a dog. It's. I mean, it's a it's dog. It's a dog with a beak and Native American feathers. Okay, that's true. <laughs> also, but, uh, and it's a metal, hmm. just like the furnace. Th- there it is. See, there oh it is. Oh my god! Yeah, it's metal because just like how Caesar is crazy diamond. Um, you know, Danny had to be rebuilt in in heaven to become its ghost stand form. I don't <laughs> rebuilt know in heaven. But but how does he have a descendant if he if he really did die in that fire? I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. That's true. Wait, hold on. Um, <laughs> or was it after? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm a, after he faked his own death by bringing in a different dog. 
he <laughs> he lived out the rest of his life horribly scarred, and then after he had children, somehow uh, in heaven he got rebuilt and then repackaged uh, to go with a little dog named Iggy. Yeah, he saw Jonathan running off. He's like, "Oh, I gotta do that too. <laughs> gotta go with my boy." Well, okay. There's so there's crack fit corner for the day. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. No, it was amazing. I don't think you have to apologize for that. That was a great theory that I'm sure will be, um, you know, really researched and discovered upon, and someone's gonna find a way to link it. <laughs> if you know one thing about people who are fans of things, they'll find some way to link it. And that's the whole premise of most of the show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, while we're still on the topic of dog stands, I do want to talk about Iwas- Iwasuke from Part 8. Now, I have my own little theory about Iwasuke. So what we see is that people who go near the walleyes in Part 8 typically get stands. Unless mm-hmm. you're a rock human, in which case you're born with like a 90% chance of getting a stand at birth. Um, but that's, that's a whole different thing. Except that maybe not, because Iwasuke is like a rock person dog thing. Which, mm. which, yeah. So, okay, okay, my whole idea is that Iwasuke's stand gives people stands. Because, Interesting. Because what we see is that when they go near the walleyes, people do indeed get stands. Right? Um, Joshu, he goes mm-hmm. near the walleyes, he gets like a bite mark on his leg, um, and then he wakes up in the hospital with a stand. Um, and like the character he is, he names it Nut King. Ugh, gross. Right? Or um, like how Yusaho... Um, obviously Coco Jumbo's alternate universe counterpart right. <laughs> uh, goes near the walleyes and she gets, she gets a bite mark and she gets a stand. Uh, she gets Paisley Park. So you think that the, this dog is the one biting people? Yes, I do think this dog is the one that's biting people. Um, what we also see, I don't know if this one makes as much sense as the other ones because, okay, uh, part eight spoiler, in case you weren't already okay with all the spoilers in this podcast... Right. <laughs> um, even though it's like the main premise of the part, um, Josuke and Kira are fused together into one character uh, who everyone just calls um, Josuke, but his real name's like Josefume. Um, so the whole the whole idea is that both their stands merge together. Kira's killer queen and Josuke's bubble because he doesn't have crazy diamond in that part. He just has bubbles. And so mm-hmm. they merge together to make soft and wet. And I can see that. Only thing is that when he wakes up at the walleyes, he also has a bite mark. If I'm right, he has a bite mark over his Joestar uh, birthmark. Okay. So I guess my question is, would he have been standless if he wasn't bit? Or <laughs> did it just make his stand give like a different shape? Did it somehow requiem him? Like what? Hmm. Like what happens if you get hit with the stand huh. arrow? Not the requiem arrow, just the regular stand arrow. And you pierce yourself again. Hmm. Well, but it's never really explained how these two characters are fused together in the first place. Right? Actually, it is uh, through the. Uh... Oh, it is. is... So it, but so it has nothing to do with with Iwasuke or or the Walleyes. They're they're not. That's not what fuses them. Together? No, the Walleyes don't fuse them together. The Walleyes are basically useless. Okay. And it's just so the Walleyes is just a, an area. The Walleyes is just a setting. Quite honestly, at least Got at it. least up to the time of this recording. Sure, like, you know, it's like, oh, a bunch of weird stuff happens. The, the ground rose and, like, the walleyes after, like, a big uh, storm. But, like, the walleyes haven't really been part of anything significant yet. Or okay. already, like... So then... <laughs> way hmm. far into the park. So whatever merges... Whatever merges them together, does, I guess maybe 
Um, yeah, maybe without it, it would have never had a stand. I mean, because it doesn't have any Killer Queen abilities, does it? Um, it has this. I mean, Killer Queen can send out like in part eight. Killer Queen can send out multiple sheer heart attack, and they're like tiny, right? Right. Also, Killer Queen has right. like a thinner look to them in part eight, and right. uh, I'm thinking that maybe soft and wet gets like the bubble shooting ability out of that but also josuke in part eight his one stand was just like getting bubbles out of himself so i think killer queen just provided like the body Mm. and like the strength because because they fused together via equivalent exchange okay so then i don't know this one's tough (laughs) part eight's tough yeah that's the that's the sense. I mean, I still have no clue. I mean, I, I only know what you've told me, basically, or what I've picked up from memes. And it just seems like the general consensus is like, wow, it's happening. <laughs> we don't really know what's going on in it, but it's happening. I mean, granted, part eight is my favorite part. Uh, no, not my favorite part. It has my favorite JoJo. My favorite part's part four. But it has it has my favorite JoJo. And there's plenty of redeeming qualities for part eight. But half the time, it's... It's like okay, wow, that happened. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll. we'll when I finally catch up, we'll we'll, we'll take it apart. We'll we'll do a whole thing on it. Yep. If it if it's even finished by then. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, any other things you want to talk about before we uh, hit the uh, the end cycle here? Uh, boiling water stand. That's all I have to say. What is that? There's a stand that just boils water. Well, that's convenient. No, I think the stand is the boiling water, actually. That's less convenient. <laughs> You'll see them soon enough. Oh, They're unnamed. Don't worry. All right. And uh, I think, uh, well, if you uh, would like to uh, see us... Oh, no, we gotta do we gotta do meme of the week. Oh, yes, yes, meme of the week. I, I remember I thought about this one. I chose this one out beforehand. All right, so... Uh, welcome to our meme of the week. This week, I had chosen a special one. So, I chose seven-page Muda, but every time he says Muda, I add another character beatdown. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Is this... It says seven-page Muda, but every time he says Muda, I add another stand rush. So, how is this a video? Yes, this is a video on YouTube. It is by... How long is it's it? It's only a minute long. They overlap the stand rushes. Oh, I see. It is by user Satumi the Neat. That is S A T U M I space T H E space N E E T. I'd say definitely give it a watch. It is so entertaining. It's like as soon as he starts uh, hitting chocolata with that, like, when he starts hitting uh, chocolata with that first, like, round of mudas there's just like dio and jotaro and josuke and jotaro again <laughs> and it just all overlaps with each other <laughs> and it's amazing that's hilarious I they love even that. that's they one. even take it away for the re and then they add it back when he starts going muda again <laughs> uh, that's good <laughs> all right let's uh tear yours Okay, so mine mine is only really going to make sense if you spend a lot of time on Reddit or or if these I, I think a lot of times the Reddit memes end up circulating like through Instagram and stuff, but it, it, there's been a big dearth of Oi Josuke memes <laughs> um with Okuyasu just and, and they're all usually talking about like different things that Okuyasu has used the hand to erase. Mm-hmm. Um so it'd be things like 
Oi, Josuke, I erased the barrier between me and another world, and now I'm in Minecraft. And it's just like a picture of him <laughs> in Minecraft blocks. Uh, <laughs> things like that. Um, Oi, Josuke, I saw this thing about how they're going to cut homelessness in half, and now I got a new job. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so this this meme in particular, it, it's kind of long. It's a video, and um, it takes the anime audio from when um, Okuyasu has come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about his, you know, quote unquote, weird dream. Right. Yes. Um, so it's got the sad music playing and everything. And the, the subtitles they put under it is about like, you know, I love this. I love the memes around here, but I have to, you know, and I've been using the hand to erase too many memes that have been repeated too often so that the, the content doesn't get stale. But I've realized that the Oi Josuke memes have become stale. So I've decided to erase myself. And... <laughs> He goes on this, it's like long, long monologue, you know, because it's the whole audio yes. about how he's loved all the memes. And it's got like, it shows a bunch that, you know, that he thought were great, but he's got to do this for the greater good. <laughs> and then at the end, he just, he erases himself. And then it's a picture of Mario. And then of course him in the sky. And I was like, the saddest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But it's like a meme. I'm like, why am I so sad about this? It's because we don't ever like seeing anything bad happen to Okuyasu. He doesn't deserve it. But it's like, it's a, it's not even real Okuyasu. It's meme Okuyasu talking about memes. I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. But uh, if you can find it, uh, I can't, I was trying to find it earlier so I can give you the, the username. I can't, but ah. it's somewhere on, on shit post crusaders. Um, and it's, it's great. Oi, Josh K pay my bail. I accidentally erased five years from her age. Oh, so sorry. That just came up right now. It's me. <laughs> I, I apologize for saying it. I don't apologize for coming up with it. <laughs> all right. So uh, I believe that is uh, all for today on Animal Stands. Uh, if you'd like to see more of me, I have a YouTube channel at a squid TV. Um, that is a squid TV, all one word. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at uh, a squid V, a squid TV minus the T. Um, I also have a Twitter at uh, a squid TV. And um, why don't you uh, say your stuff? Okay, so, um, you know, if you've been listening, go ahead and start contacting us with your thoughts and your feelings. We've got a uh, Gmail account, nodignitypodcast at gmail.com. Our social media is uh, nodignitypod at Twitter, um, no underscore dignity underscore podcast for Instagram. We also now have a Reddit account, which I'm starting to use, uh, which is, uh, of course, no dignity podcast. So you slash no dignity podcast you'll probably see me around um posting memes put one up earlier um for me for more of me you can go to my twitter at silzero chris s-i-l-z-e-r-o that's in relation to my actual play star wars rpg podcast called silhouette zero it's about small aliens going on adventures and if you're a jojo fan you'll probably really like season three which is coming out in august i can't explain why you would like it because I might have crossover listeners and I don't want to spoil it, but if you're kind of curious, check it out. See if you can figure out why I would say that. It's very fun. Uh, so do you want to do the, the no dignity or do you want me to do the no dignity? Sure. Hey, do you hear Pet Shop doesn't pay for snow cones? Really? No dignity. To be continued. To be continued.